I'm not sure if I've ever really shared this before, but I am a nail girly. I really am. I love just having like fresh manicured nails. I just, I always have. But something that I've struggled with since I became a mom is finding the time to go to the salon. I mean, who has time for that? Also, it's super expensive, which is why I'm so excited to have discovered Olive in June. With Olive in June, it is so easy to get these salon-worthy nails, but at home. And I feel like when I do the press-on nails, they just, they look real and they're non-damaging press-ons and which I think is so important because I don't want to be damaging my nails plus it breaks down to just $10 a manicure which is so much cheaper than going to the salon plus it's better than gel because I feel like when I use gel sometimes it really kind of messes up my nails plus these press-ons they last so long like I feel like they last at least a week if not more for me and so I always like to create this little ritual maybe turn on some tv do my nails and it's just kind of like this fun little self-care that I do plus they're really easy to remove like you can legitimately remove them with warm water and although I like to have kind of a more neutral like basic style with my clothes I love having a fun little pop of color with my nails which is why I love swapping out my press-ons so if you are a nail girly too, you need to visit oliveandjune.com slash mindful for 20% off your first Olive and June system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash M-I-N-D-F-U-L for 20% off your first Olive and June system. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful Minutes podcast. So no meditation today. Instead, we're going to be talking about overstimulation, what it is, why it happens, how to soothe it, and then some of my personal favorite meditation practices for when you're feeling just overstimulated. You need a little break. This is something that I feel like is coming up more often it's becoming much more common like I think we talk a lot about overstimulation in like kids and babies and what that looks like but we do not talk enough about it as adults because it still impacts us it's a very real thing it's something that I experience a lot especially since I became a mother and you don't have to be a parent to experience overstimulation by any means. So I really wanted to talk about it. And this is kind of a companion episode to the meditation that was just released a few days ago, if you're listening when this episode is released, the overstimulation meditations. There's a guided practice that goes with this freeform episode. So a few life updates um, that are going on. So full disclosure, um, I recently have girl bossed a little too hard. Um, I say, you know, girl boss, ironically. Um, but I have a handful of projects. So something just about me in general. When I am feeling lack of motivation, I do sometimes struggle with like seasonal depression. I live in a part of the U.S. where it gets like very dark very early. And so the winter sometimes it's very kind of like, like it's hard to kind of get that energy going and get things done. So my way of coping with that has always been to almost overcorrect and start like starting a lot of new projects. So I have deadlines. I have things that I need to do and it kind of motivates me and gets me going. 
So I have overdone it a little bit, but now I have these really great fun projects that are like all coming to fruition, but right at the same time. So quick deck update, um, that mindful minutes meditation deck that I feel like I've been talking about for months and it's because I have been talking about it for months. That bad boy is giving me gray hairs. It is like, it's ready on my end. Then there was a printing issue that has stalled it for several months. So that is still coming. Um, my part of that was done like in November and then there's just been a little bit of like a printing issue and then supply chain. Um, so that is like the reason that I meditate is that dang deck, but it is coming and I'm really excited. I just got a video of it. It's like finished. It's printing now. I just need to get it. And I'm really, really excited about that deck. So that's a stay tuned situation. Um, but not on a stay tuned situation. I wrote a book, um, actually mindful in minutes is becoming a book and I am hoping to manifest maybe it will become more than one but as of right now it is a book so you can pre-order it now there's going to be way more coming on this but this is like I did a little soft launch on Instagram so I thought I'd do a little soft launch here on the podcast because I'm really excited about it I've actually been writing this book for about a year so this isn't like my recent you know girl bossing too hard situation um, I've been working on this manuscript for about a year and I was just given the okay to start sharing it but it's called mindful in minutes a modern family's guide to meditation Meditation. So this is a book where if you are wanting to incorporate meditation into your life as a parent or someone that you know as a parent, or there's a section in there as well on prenatal meditations and also partner meditations. So it looks at all different kinds of families and, you know, different family dynamics, different age groups, different types of families and meditations around that, whether you're growing a family or you are just, you know, a family with a partner or a spouse or whatever that looks like. And then there is a lot in there for different topics like, of course, like anxiety, insomnia, but it looks at it from different age ranges. So there's one uh, practice. It's like part free from episode each chapter. And then it's followed by a guided practice for adults, for adolescents, and little kids. So each topic has different meditations for different age ranges, and then it has mantras on that particular topic. So if you would feel so inclined to pre-order that book, um, it would mean the world to me. My hope is that if this book does really well, that then will help um, more books maybe come into the future on other topics, not just family topics, but, you know, TBD manifesting here in my little closet. Um, you can order it like anywhere, Target, Walmart, Amazon. Um, literally, it's available all the places. So you'll be hearing a lot about that one. It wouldn't, it won't come to you until September, but like Amazon pre-order is so easy because you guys know I pre-ordered my own book like immediately. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was like, ah, pre-order. Um, and then it's like you pre-order it like now. And then this like fun little gift shows up on September 5th when it's published and, you're, and you probably forgot about it. And you're like, oh, Oh my gosh, this book, here it is. Um, if you do pre-order, keep your pre-order information because I'm coming up with a really, really fun pre-order gift. Um, so anyone who pre-orders, just save like your order number and then you're gonna get a lot of really fun bonuses. Um, some really good stuff that you'll get for pre-ordering. So anyways, there's that. And then the final girl boss update is, um, I'm, I'm, I say girl boss like kind of ironically because I'm, I don't know, I'm a little bit, 
I grew up, well, I didn't grow up, but I started this business in like the girl boss era. And I feel like that's kind of like, it's a little, you know, it's a little toxic. Um, But I always think, you know, like live, laugh, love, girl boss. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I could probably get a sign like at Hobby Lobby that that says that and chuckle at it every time. Um, I have made the decision to switch the Mindful in Minutes premium feed to Patreon. So the reason that I decided to do this, this is the last update, and then we're getting into overstimulation. Um, The reason that I decided to do this is one, like, it's available in all countries. And right now, um, I've gotten the feedback from some of you that you want to be a part of the premium feed, but the um, doing anchor subscriptions isn't available in every country. And I want to make sure that I'm making this content more widely available. Also, it adds a video component. So over on Patreon, you can definitely opt into the premium feed where you get all the episodes, ad-free, intro-free, and um, the bonus episodes as well. And that's like, that won't change. You can do that. It's still just $5 a month. And I'm currently working on uh, migrating all of the premium episodes over there. So when you join, unless you join like immediately when you listen to this, which that would be great. Go ahead and do that. But by March 1st, all of that premium content will be there ready for you to access. I'm like uploading uh, a handful, like a dozen every single day. And then over the next few days, it will be complete. And then if you're currently on the premium feed through Anchor Subscriptions, oh, I meant to say that um, it also has a video component. So there's a $5 level where it's like just here for the meditations. You get everything you'd usually get with the premium feed. And then there's the $8 level where you also now get live meditation and live yoga classes over there. So if you're there for both meditations and yoga, um, there's that option as well. And I'll put the information down in the show notes. It's also just, you know, Mindful Minutes Patreon. Easy to find. I also got the feedback that since a lot of you are already familiar with Patreon, it would be really convenient for you to have Mindful Minutes on there as well. So I'm currently making that swap. Um, So I'd love to have you over on Patreon if you're feeling called to do that and you want bonus episodes and also live yoga and meditation classes and kind of like Q&As or like AMAs over there. Uh, We're doing that. So yeah, if you're currently on the premium feed and you're like, Kelly, what the heck? I didn't know this. You should have gotten an email about it. If you didn't get an email about it, it's because you didn't enter your email when you signed up for the premium feed. So I didn't have a way of emailing you. Um, But basically what's happening, if you're listening to this on the premium feed, is at the end of February, so the next few days, automatically your anchor subscription, I'm just going to close it out. It'll be totally closed out. And then you will have to re-sign up over on Patreon, Um, but I have some little extra bonuses for anyone who signs up uh, before March 1st. Um, Thanking you for your inconvenience of having to re-sign up. So you'll be hearing more about that too. Those are my big updates, like big updates, you guys. Lots going on over here kind of behind the scenes, I guess. And it's really fun to get to share these things that I've been working on for a long time. Um, but I've already been chatting for almost 10 minutes about all of these different life updates. So with that, we're going to dive into overstimulation. So overstimulation, like I said, I never really felt it a lot until I became a mother, mostly because before that I spent a lot of time in the quiet and in like, like alone. And that's a place where I really thrive is like in the quiet and the alone. I was chatting with someone earlier today and it was like we were talking about how we could easily become hermits and it would like so not be a problem for us. And then once I added another person to the household and my household became 
very loud, very busy. You know, you're always, you know, I'm looking for like danger. There's a lot of extra sounds, a lot of extra smells. Kids like are kind of stinky. You know, you're just, your senses are always on overdrive. And for a lot of people, like I said, it's not just about being a parent and experiencing that. That's just when it really became apparent to me that I was experiencing a lot of overstimulation. But people that are around a lot of other people or live in a loud environment, maybe you have roommates or you live in an apartment complex, like this can happen to anyone who is just exposed to a lot of senses stimuli, whether it be through work or personal life or lifestyle or whatever it is. And it's like any time that you have this constant stimulation of your senses, just like anything, they can't take in information all of the time. Like overstimulation is so real. And when it shows up in your life, like look out because it can really be a big issue and a big hindrance. So basically what we're going to explore today is what is overstimulation, signs that you may be overstimulated, how to know if it's overstimulation versus like something else, um, and then some things that you can do about it, and then ending with my personal favorite meditation practices for overstimulation because um, meditation, thankfully, is like one of the best uh, antidotes and remedies for overstimulation. So I'll be sharing the practices that seem to be the most effective if you find yourself in those situations. So what is overstimulation? It's a word. I feel like I hear about it a lot um, on social media. I don't know if it's just a little corner of the internet that I'm in, but we hear the term a lot, but what is it actually? So overstimulation is just sensory overload. It's when your senses are just completely overloaded with information or sensory information, making it difficult to fully process the information you're receiving. I like to think about it as, you know, your senses are processing information. So it's kind of like when you're doing like a paper shredder and it like overheats and then it has to like shut down for a while. If you are constantly getting this information, this like, you know, using my eyes all the time, hearing sounds all the time. Like overstimulation is kind of like that shredder, that paper shredder, like overheating and being like, wait a minute, too much pause button danger, and then having to shut down. So if your senses are constantly processing this information over and over and over, and they never get breaks, they're just taking in too much for too long, that's where you get overstimulated. And you sometimes go into this like forced shutdown mode. This can happen at any age. When I first heard about overstimulation, it was around like babies and signs that babies are overstimulated. And it's interesting because we talk a lot about it in terms of like babies and kids, but it happens to us at any age. And it's almost like we pretend like you can't get overstimulated once you get older. Like it's as if as our brain matures, we think that we no longer have this ability or need this kind of stimulation regulation but we do. We still need that soothing for our senses. And we can't have any part of our body working on overdrive indefinitely. It's not designed that way. And our senses are are no different. Also, if you are someone who is like a highly sensitive person, an HSP, or someone who's just really open like to other feelings, or maybe you're just more sensitive to your senses or maybe you're a little bit like neurodivergent um overstimulation and adhd go hand in hand which you know my adhd is 
<laughs> like my spice of life. And it's definitely, you know, I can feel the two of those kind of working hand in hand in my life. So there are definitely different elements where you may be more likely to get overstimulated. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. For me, it's more just knowing that about yourself. And it's almost like if you're someone, like when I was a kid, I used to get low blood sugar like randomly really fast and I just knew this about myself and so I had to like I always had these like little snacks it's a whole thing I had these little snacks like in my locker and then like in the nurse's office and I just had to know about myself when I get these little you know signals and I get low blood sugar before it gets out of hand I'm just like oh ding 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 I I see these little warning signs I need to go have this little snack get my blood sugar up and For me, I think about overstimulation the same way. Like once I know and once I learned about myself what overstimulation was and what my personal like warning signs were, when I see those popping up, then I'm like, oh, ding, ding, ding. My senses are being overloaded. It is time to take a break. It's kind of like an Instapot or like a pressure cooker where it's like there's more and more and more pressure and sometimes you have to alleviate some of that pressure and if you don't it'll just like explode so a big piece of overstimulation is learning what does it feel like for you and what does it look like when you're experiencing it in your life in your you know every day because it's rarely like a full you know like shut down kind of explosion situation Um, it usually just looks like a few little things that start happening at first that are signs of overstimulation. Um, Also, it's important to make note that you can get overstimulation from too much sensory overload from one sense. I think about this a lot. For me personally, it's a lot of sound. Um, I get very sensitive to just like a lot of really loud people or like something I cannot stand or like my brain just can't handle is like if there's two conflicting sound things going on at once like I will never like watch tv and also like scroll on tiktok at the same time because to have these like two different like narratives or two different sounds happening at the same time it like twists my brain in a knot and I'm like ah, I can't handle it That's just like for me personally. So you can get overstimulated by having one particular sense be in overdrive or it can be just a little bit too much in a bunch of different senses or a couple of different senses at once. So just something, you know, to keep in mind is that it can be one, it can be many, it can be a couple. So some of the symptoms and the signs of overstimulation. So a big one, this one's actually my biggest one. That's why it's first on my list is being cranky or irritable. When I get overstimulated, I, I'm just a big old grump. I get so cranky and like really kind of snippy. And it's almost like my brain can't form these actual, like if someone asks me a question, I might be kind of short with them. Um, often, you know, in my house, it's like if pork chop is like yelling a lot and being really loud, it takes us one, you know, just one more loud thing. And then I like, I'm like, stop it. Um, you know, and this is my very human moment of like, you know, I still sometimes snap at my kid. I don't feel good about this. Um, but you know what happens? I'm still human. And so sometimes that pressure cooker gets a little bit to me and I'm like, ah, everyone just stop yelling for two seconds. And I get really, I get a little snippy about it. I'm not proud of it, but it happens. So cranky, irritable, it's a really common one. And it's just like, there's just too much going on. And so you just sort of get kind of short and snippy. 
Wanting to be in dark, quiet places or covering your eyes and your ears is another really common one. I experience this one a lot too often at night when I'm feeling really overstimulated and like finally everyone is like in bed or like doing their own thing and like, you know, pork chops in his crib and he's going to sleep. I often just go into my bedroom on those days that I know I'm really overstimulated and I just like have to lay in bed in the dark. And it took me a while to realize, like, I was like, oh, is this like depression? Is this, you know, my, you know, my seasonal depression? Like, why do I just want to be like alone in this dark, quiet, isolated space? And it wasn't until I started doing research into overstimulation, I was like, oh, I don't know, it sounds a little glib, but I'm like, oh, it's not my depression. It's just overstimulation. And Wanting to be in like a dark, quiet, like low stimulation place is a way of soothing and shutting down the senses, right? It's, you know, low light. If you can't see a lot because it's dark, we're really kind of getting rid of the visual kind of sensory information. If you're alone, you're probably not getting a lot of like the auditory stimulation, right? We also like our sense of touch. If there's no one there, something I've experienced a lot is kind of this idea of being like touched out in a way. If you have a job or, you know, that requires like a lot of touch, whether you work, often it's with kids, but it doesn't have to be, you know, but if you're like a caregiver, maybe you are a nurse or another healthcare worker, or you work in a daycare or you're a parent, like there's certain jobs out there too, where you easily can get touched out because your sense of touch with other people can become overstimulated. So being alone is a way that you can really kind of like turn down that sense of touch. So I didn't realize that just finally being like, oh, I can take a breath and I just want to be like alone, quiet, dark. um, That's a really big sign of overstimulation. Wanting to cover your eyes or your ears. So like putting your head down on your desk in like a quiet, place and kind of covering your eyes to make it dark that's a really similar thing where it's like you're trying to physically shut down your senses by like removing that that sense by making it dark or by covering your ears or by covering your eyes now that beautiful sound is the sound of another sale on shopify and shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Did you see what I just did there? So whether you're selling a little bit or you're selling a lot, Shopify can help you. It is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So everywhere from the, I'm just about to launch my online shop stage to the, oh my gosh, I'm opening my first real store stage all the way to the, did I just sell my millionth product stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you are selling meditation books and decks, or maybe you are selling custom knit cat sweaters, I don't know, whatever you're selling, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Plus, Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 30% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And something that I love about Shopify is that it can help you no matter how big you wanna grow. Like sometimes when you're selling something, maybe it starts small and then before you know it, you need to take it to the next level. And you don't even have to think about how you do that because Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. 
So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. General restlessness is a sign of overstimulation. This one shows up for me too where it's like, I would say restlessness and then also struggling to focus. For me, it feels a lot like I have a million things to do, but like I can't get any of them done. I just feel like I'm constantly like bopping around to all of these different things, like a little like ping pong ball. And then I like go into, you know, my office and I'm like, why did I come in here? What was I, you know, doing? And then I wander over to somewhere else and I'm like, what was I doing here? Oh yeah, I was going to go get this thing. And it's like just this general like restlessness of never being able to just, you know, dial in, like complete one thing, even like simple things before you finish the next and then having a general struggle to focus. And for me, differentiating between am I struggling to focus because of my ADHD or my, you know, or is it overstimulation is... I, I now I know that they feel like different. Like for me, my ADHD very much is like, you know, I have a bunch of different ideas and then I'm like brainstorming and being like, oh, this and then that and then that and then that. Where overstimulation feels more of like a confusion. Like for me, the ADHD feels like brain is like hyperactive and it's moving a million miles an hour where overstimulation is just like, what was I doing again? Hmm. What was it like? It just is like it feels kind of fuzzy. That's me for me how it, you know, kind of feels different. Uh, Discomfort, general discomfort, whether it be physical, mental or emotional, similar to restlessness, like just kind of feeling off. It could be that our senses are just taking in too much, kind of putting us out of whack. Excessive fatigue or exhaustion. Um, This is one, too. Like if you're senses, which sensory information gets processed by your brain, if your brain is constantly in overdrive, like you will get tired. That will wear you down. You will feel fatigued. You may even get exhausted or feeling like burnt out. So if you're feeling that, it might be worth considering, could it be overstimulation? Um, confusion, discomfort with people talking too loudly or crowded rooms. So that's kind of like a really obvious um, you know, sensory thing where, you know, if something smells really strongly, it, you know, you can get overstimulated by that. Um, people talking too loudly, that's a big one for me, or like big crowded rooms. It, I can definitely hang in a big crowded room, but only for like X amount of time. So I get overstimulated a lot, like with big family visits. And it's not that I don't love family. It's just like just so many people at the same time, like, you know, in my house that isn't very big. Um, That's like a one-way ticket to overstimulation for me sometimes. So what you might be gathering from all of this is like basically anything unpleasant can be caused by overstimulation. But also I want to put a little like asterisk here. Not all unpleasant things are caused by overstimulation. So you can get, you know, overstimulation can cause a lot, but it's not necessarily, you know, the root cause of like everything. 
So the way that you can distinguish between is this overstimulation or is this something else, right? For me, sometimes it's like, is this depression or is this overstimulation or is this ADHD or is this overstimulation? The way that I have found is easy to kind of make that distinction is one, asking yourself, does it get better with soothing the senses? So if I just kind of hit the pause button, right, alleviate some of that pressure, take like a 10 minute break to do something, we'll talk about lots of options, to do something to specifically soothe one of my senses or a few of my senses, does that make it better or instantly alleviate some of that discomfort or that pressure? If the answer is yes, then it's usually a good indicator that it was some kind of overstimulation. Um, asking myself, like, is there one particular sense right now that feels like it's taking in too much? Is everything a little too loud right now? If the answer is yes, then usually, you know, ding, 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 overstimulation. Another one is, do you want to engage in numbing behavior? So for me, of course, numbing can take many different forms. Um, often it looks like excessive stroll, strolling, excessive scrolling, where you just open up you know, social media and you're just kind of like scrolling, like for no purpose, you're just kind of like numbing and just like flipping through, you know, different things. Um, That's one that I do often. And it's like, you know, and then an hour goes past and like, why am I even here? Like, I, you know, I I don't even know what happened the last hour. Um, Numbing could, you know, look like binge watching something or like really isolating yourself, just like spacing out if you're just sitting there and you're just kind of like, spacing out. Um, That's kind of another numbing too. Of course, there's a lot of different sort of like numbing type behaviors that we can engage in. Those are just some of the more common one. And then asking yourself too, like if you're feeling really restless, just be like, have I been really stimulated lately? Or have I been really, you know, stimulated today? And if the answer is no, um, then it's probably not you know, or may not be overstimulation, but that's kind of one of those questions that you can ask yourself to help distinguish, like, is this discomfort or is this thing that I'm currently experiencing a overstimulation thing or is it something else? Um, but yeah, like I said, for me, you know, this looks like being cranky. You know, I, I when I'm overstimulated, I own it. I am a grumposaurus, <laughs> which is a word I never had in my vocabulary until I spent a lot of time with the toddler. Um, You know, lots of hearing, lots of yelling, and then it's really easy for me to kind of like snap back. Needing dark, quiet, alone, numbing time. When I start engaging in a lot of that, then that's like ding, ding, ding. You know, this needs to be addressed. Restlessness, um, you know, being noise sensitive, all of that is kind of how it shows up for me. It will most likely be different for you. So just really checking in of like, you know, what are my particular like triggers. So when we look at, you know, what do you do about it? What do you do about overstimulation? So good news is that meditation is one of the best ways to deal with overstimulation. We're going to circle back in just a couple of minutes about that one. Um, There's also some other, you know, simple things that you can do. But a big thing is like just gaining the awareness of how this shows up for you. Like what are my triggers? What am I sensitive to? What aggravates this overstimulation like just trying to be aware of how this shows up in my life what causes it and what does it feel like when it's there and what are some of my kind of go-to techniques for soothing overstimulation when it's here in my life so once we gain that self-awareness around overstimulation like I personally found that to be 
huge and not only recognizing it, but then being able to work with it. And those questions kind of, you know, what situations cause it? What are my triggers? What does it feel like? That's something you could either just mentally reflect on or like pick up a journal. You can free write on it and kind of see what comes up. It's just kind of taking inventory. Um, so a few simple things that you can do when you're overstimulated that are not meditation, because, you know, obviously it's, you know, this is a meditation podcast, so we're going to really dive into that. But some things that you can try is um, every morning, this is something my therapist taught me, every morning um, taking inventory. And it's not, you can do like a morning, afternoon, and evening, like check-in and ask yourself basically like on a scale of like one to 10, how stimulated am I feeling right now? And if you wake up in the morning and you wake up at like a seven, this let you know this lets you know that you need to kind of immediately and right off the get-go, maybe start your day with some kind of senses soothing practice. And doing these kind of just quick, easy, you know, morning, afternoon, evening check-ins. And if you find that you're feeling really stimulated at a different time, then just knowing that you need to as soon as possible, take a quick little break, do some kind of senses soothing. Um, I found that to be particularly helpful is kind of doing these short little maybe three times a day check-ins. Some other simple things that you can do is like limiting your screen time, especially before bed. Um, you know, this one we know, like, you know, they always say like 30 to 60 minutes before you try to like fall asleep. Limiting screen time is always is always a good idea. Um, but this definitely helps with overstimulation because usually when we're having screen time, we're getting at least visual and audio, you know, auditory stimulation. So limiting that is kind of a nice way to, you know, help wind down and kind of soothe our senses. Um, setting boundaries that could look like you know, saying, okay, we use indoor voices after 7 p.m. or putting your phone on like do not disturb starting at 8 p.m. or saying, you know, I will go to a party or a large gathering, but my time there will not exceed an hour or whatever it is. Like setting some good healthy boundaries around things that cause you to feel overstimulated is a great way. Um, to work on that. Also sneaking in short little meditations during the day or going outside, but going outside and, you know, going for a walk, but like without a podcast or without any other kind of stimulation, like just getting outside um, is a great way. You know, a lot of times like forest bathing is a great practice for overstimulation. Closing your eyes. Like I know that sounds really simple, but you know, simple doesn't mean it doesn't work. Um, sitting there just like taking a break and being like, I'm just going to sit here and close my eyes for five minutes. Or I'm just going to sit here and turn off all noises and just sit in the quiet for 10 minutes, right? Like consciously shutting down one of your senses to give it a break can be a great way to um, work on overstimulation and soothe some of the senses. But another easy, simple thing is to do something that will activate a different sense than what is overstimulating. So this one might sound like counterintuitive, but what this might look like is maybe visually you're overstimulated. So maybe you close your eyes and then you put your favorite essential oil blend in your diffuser and you sit there and you breathe deeply and you smell a calming scent. So it's basically like you're focusing your attention on a different sense so the one that's overstimulated can take a break. Or like taking a hot bath, then your sense of like touch or the sensation of the warm water then might help kind of shut down the overstimulation from, you know, 
your ears or your eyes. It's almost always like touch eyes and ears for the most part, not, you know, not always, but those are tend to be like the big ones that in our day to day can kind of get, you know, a little overrun. Also like eating one of your favorite meals, like activating your sense of taste, um, you know, and like eating quietly, just having a nice meal quietly to yourself. Like that can be a great way to give the other senses a break while stimulating, you know, another one almost as like kind of a conscious distractor in a way. And then, of course, you know, we have the the a big mama, which is meditation. Um, and remember, studies tell us eight to 10 minutes a day is enough. So little meditation breaks, of course, are a great way to work on overstimulation. So a few of my personal meditation techniques that I find work really well when working with overstimulation, both for myself and my students and clients that I work with. Um, The first is mindful breathing. So like just closing your eyes and taking deep breaths. Again, if it sounds simple, that's because it is. And simple often works, especially when we're feeling really chaotic and like it's too much. Going back to basics and being simple is usually one of the best things that you can do. So taking deep breaths, right? When you take deep breaths, it allows your body to take in more oxygen, which can slow down your heart rate. It can calm you down. It can ground you. It also activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, which tells your brain that you're safe. You don't need to be activated. So I know we've talked about this a lot, but parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system Think about them as a dimmer switch. So the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, that's like taking your own personal dimmer switch and like turning it up all the way, right? And like full blast on everything. And then the parasympathetic nervous system is like turning the dimmer switch down. Um, so when we take deep breaths, it's like taking that dimmer switch and just turning it down a little bit. So slow, low, intentional breathing. Three breath techniques or breath meditations that I really like outside of just like take a few deep breaths. Um, One is the four seven breath, which is usually an inhale for four and an exhale for seven. There is a variation out there. It's like the four seven eight breath, I think, where you inhale for four, hold for eight and exhale for seven. I personally do not like that one for overstimulation because holding for that long of a count um, can sometimes get your heart rate up a little bit and start kind of activating that sympathetic nervous system again, which we don't want to do if we're overstimulated. So I like to just like inhale for four, exhale for seven, but basically you just make your exhales longer than your inhales. This particular breath has been shown to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So just deep breaths, make your exhales longer than your inhales. Also focusing, um, this is a separate practice, focusing on just deep belly breaths. So breathing down low and slow, almost like you're trying to breathe down into the feet or into your pelvis. Taking those deep belly breaths are so simple and so powerful. And then my third favorite breath practice for overstimulation is doing a counting breath. So what this is like is you kind of count each rep of your breath. So it's like Inhale, exhale, one. And then you inhale, then you exhale, two. And you just count, and maybe you count up to 30. And then you count down from 30. We do this one a lot in Yoga Nidra because it really helps you to focus on something that isn't the senses. So just counting, taking those deep belly breaths, those low, slow breaths, and then counting your reps, maybe up to 20, and then, you know, or up to 30, however 
ambitious you're feeling, and then counting back down is a great one. Another meditation technique that is so powerful for overstimulation is focusing on something that isn't your senses, like that isn't your senses. Um, so that immediately makes me think of a body scan. So checking in with different parts of your body, just letting your awareness fall on that part of your body. Um, I find it's easiest to either start at the bottom, so starting with your toes and then slowly working your way up the body until you're at the crown of the head, or flipping that, starting at the crown of the head, slowly working your way down the body till you get to the toes. There's no right or wrong way to do it, just whichever one intuitively feels good to you. And body scans can be simple. It can be, you know, feet and then legs and abdomen, chest, arms, you know, throat, neck, head. Or it can be really detailed, right? It can be the right big toe, the right second toe. It can be like checking in with like all the toes and then just the tops of the feet and just the bottoms of the feet. So you can make it simple or complex. It's totally up to you based on how much time you have and kind of what you want to do with that. So body scan. You also can imagine that like when you check in with each part, you're almost like shutting it down or letting it rest or sleeping or turning the dimmer switch down. So it's like checking in with the feet and then being like, okay, feet, like I do this one a lot in sleep meditations. I do this a lot at night too when I'm feeling restless. I'm like, okay, good night sleep or good night feet. And I'll just kind of check in with my feet. I'll let them soften, relax. And then I'll be like, and then I imagine they're like, quote, going to sleep. You could do something like that too, like consciously kind of, you know, shutting down each part of your body. And then a walking meditation with no extra sounds. Um, a bonus, if you can like be barefoot, um, feet on earth is such a grounding practice. It helps to bring you into the moment. So going out, doing a walking meditation, don't listen to any podcast or music or anything. Like obviously, you know, bring your phone like for safety case there's an emergency but if you can just go out in your backyard and like take a few slow laps around the backyard like with bare feet that is a way to like immediately ground yourself bring you into the present and nature time outside has been shown to soothe the senses and help to combat overstimulation so that's a great option too it's also good for your mental health to get outside you could try some mindful movements usually for me that looks like yoga um, but just kind of getting on the mat and just moving intuitively. So kind of shutting down the senses and just working with like the physical body and how it feels. That could be a variation like on that walking meditation. Maybe you do that outside too. Another thing that I like to do, this is kind of the last like, you know, specific meditation practice. But I like to do um, either a guided meditation as long as I'm not being overstimulated um, through my ears. If I am, if it is like an auditory overstimulation, I won't do a guided meditation. I'll do just like a personal like breath or walking meditation or body scan. But I also really like alternate nostril breathing for overstimulation because you get this, not only does it, you know, help with the breath, which we know helps to activate that parasympathetic nervous system, but you often get this kind of buzzing sensation like between the brows and it kind of focuses your awareness to that one part of your physical body. And I find that doing alternate nostril breathing helps to kind of quiet down the senses because you focus on that kind of third eye, like space between the eyebrow part of the body and then gives the other senses a break. So alternate nostril breathing, which if you're unfamiliar with the practice is what it sounds like. You like alternate which nostril you breathe in and out of, basically 
like in a nutshell, I mean, you also can Google this too, but in a nutshell, it's like you plug the left nostril, inhale through the right, then plug the right, exhale through the left, then inhale through the left, plug the left, exhale through the right. It's like one round of alternate nostril breathing in, in a nutshell. Um, those are the main practices. Also, there's a big bonus. Like all of these practices are ones you could do in kind of that eight to 12 minute range. If you find that overstimulation is like a big chronic thing, I recommend trying yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is one of the purest practices of pratyahara, which literally means withdrawal of the senses that we have. Of course, it's a longer practice. It's usually going to be between like 40 to 60-ish minutes. Um, So we're going to need more time for that. But if you really want to give the senses a break, yoga nidra itself is designed to consciously help you turn inward from the senses, shutting them down, and to journey within. So that's definitely like, you know, if you have more time, I recommend doing a yoga nidra practice periodically to really work on withdrawal of the senses and to give the senses time for like deep breaths. So whether there's a local class nearby or you listen to one of the recordings um, on Mindful in Minutes, like that's a great option too. Um, sound baths are a good option as well. Again, as long as we're not overstimulated by the ears already. A few tips while doing this, when you do your meditation practice, try your best to create a quiet, sacred space for meditation, like a low stimulation space. You do not have to, you know, go above and beyond and create a whole, you know, meditation corner. You absolutely can do that if you want, but it is not necessary. Like it could be if you're meditating the first 10 minutes of your day, chances are like your bedroom's already quiet and dark. Um, Just like sit on the floor in your bedroom or something like Usually a place that you would sleep is already set up to not have a ton of, you know, stimulation. Or if there's a particular quiet place in your apartment, like you can go and you can do that. But do your best to limit stimulus in your meditation space when you're practicing. I find that lots of little breaks when you're kind of in like overstimulation rehab is really great. It's like alleviating some of that pressure like time and time again. Um, So maybe you do, you know, quick meditations in the morning and middle of the day or middle of the day and when you're going to sleep or first of the day last of the day lots of little breaks can sometimes really help if you're in like overstimulation rehab if you will so those are my tips on overstimulation that you know that's all that I have for you guys like I said there's a companion meditation that goes with this the overstimulation meditation um thank you guys for being here for listening listening to life updates you know, hopefully we all can become a little less overstimulated and find kind of that internal stillness and calm. And maybe I'll see you over in Patreon or maybe I'll, you know, see you in the pages of my book. I don't know. Lots going on. I appreciate you wherever you're at. I hope that you are well and that you're having an amazing day. So thanks for being here.